Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Every one of us face unexpected challenges as we journey through life. At times, they can stand before us feeling naturally impossible. And yet, even in the midst of the deepest of human darkness, he is still at work. Throughout the Bible, we read account after account of God's faithfulness to his people. In that, we have full authority to stand in faith and proclaim, just as Joseph declared, don't you see You planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good. As you see all around you right now, life for many people. I was in the depths of addiction. There was no hope for my life. There was no plan, no purpose. I didn't know there was another way. I was lost. Three years ago, Nolan had a liver transplant, and despite our highest hopes, it failed. After countless procedures and the best efforts of the doctors, nothing seems to be working. I found myself and my family in a situation where we were so limited on money and resources to the point that I got at home one night after work to see my wife waiting for me to say that she hadn't had dinner because she had to feed the girls. It was supposed to be my honeymoon, but here I was being choppered to Dunedin. I had suffered a severe brain bleed and stroke, and I didn't know whether I was gonna live or die. But God is a rescuer, and here I am today in an amazing, beautiful marriage, married to the all-out love of my life. It's exhilarating and thrilling, and there's purpose for my life that I chase after every day, the purposes of God. From the moment we learned and we leaned into the fully dependence on God, we're starting to see miracles after miracles. My family and I can now say that we fully depend on God, and He continues to be our provider until this day. In the midst of a pandemic, he was able to provide a whole liver for Nolan all the way from Australia. And since then, his strength and energy has returned. He's able to go back to school and be with his friends and just live the life of a happy, healthy boy again. He sent people into my life. They had this undeniable peace about them. They guided me to church for the first time and it was like God was just giving me a big hug. He was welcoming me home. You know, I'll never forget the moment I heard that unexpected prognosis, that my hero, my dad, and my pastor was facing the reality of a terminal death sentence. You know, in the silence of that moment, which somehow felt like an absolute eternity, I could sense that although this was devastating, my God was greater still. You know, right there in that room with the family around the phone hearing the reality of the news being delivered by the specialist, 
I remember the immediate fear (laughs) that entered the room. But you know, as quick as it entered, there was a decision to engage faith that was ignited. You know, I'll never forget Dad's response as we were there as a family hearing that news. And he said, well, that's not the news we were expecting, but I think we should all take a moment to pray. You know, ever since that moment, it has been prayer that has created a deeper desire in me personally, in us as a family, and I believe now us as a church here at Life. A desire to become deeply dependent on our God. You know, there's been so many pastors, so many leaders, so many different Christians from New Zealand and around the globe that have reached out to me to let me know, hey, we're praying and we're standing with you to believe for that miracle. And you know, I guess that's how God has the chance to work in our lives. Because if there was no need for miracles, then really there would be little need for God. And you know, I believe more than a great catch cry, the reality of, but God, is for every single one of us. But God is always able and always willing. But God is for this moment and it's for this time. It's totally more than just a belief for our senior pastor, Pastor Paul's healing. But I believe it's a year for every single one of us individually. It's a year for us as a church here at Life. And it's for us as a generation of believers to stand and declare, but God. To stand and believe for unprecedented breakthrough of the supernatural. The truth is, trust doesn't come in full overnight. But I believe by trusting God with every single step and every single day that we have, we start to discover the wonder of an incredible relationship with Him and the reality in every single season of our life. Yes, the good season, the bad season, and the sometimes ugly season. God always has purpose in our pain. You know, there are but God moments, I believe, that are awaiting all of us. But it's up to you, it's up to me to look to the life of Jesus to discover these moments. You know, we read through the Bible and throughout the Gospels that there are so many moments where Jesus steps in and there is someone on the other end of Jesus stepping in, discovering the supernatural breakthrough that truly can only be brought by God. The truth is, blind men saw. The disenfranchised of society discovered acceptance. They discovered love. They discovered purpose. There was lost people that were found, and there were sick people that were healed. Jesus constantly saw the impossible become possible. You know, it's His light that pierces through our darkness. It's His light that brings incredible clarity to our chaos. And I want to encourage you and remind you that before you or I were even born, Jesus stepped in. Jesus looked death in the face and said, but God. And he didn't just do it for one only time in humanity's existence, but actually his death and his resurrection now continually echoes throughout eternity. It's a declaration, I believe, for you and for me in this day and in this time. 
And you know, I found myself coming back to the book of John and and a great, I guess, opening to John's gospel where it says these words, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, speaking of Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, verse 5 says. I want to encourage you that God himself wants you and I to overcome, to step past our natural reality into the supernatural power he has for every single one of us. But I also love uh, in another one of the great gospels, Matthew, Matthew 5, Jesus speaking, reminds us and says this, hey, you, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a light and put it under a bowl. Instead, They put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, you and me need to let our light shine before others so that they may see our good deeds and they will glorify our Father in heaven. Jesus himself is the light of all mankind, but he commands you and I to be the light in this world, in this 2022 season. He is with us, church. He is guiding us and He is empowering us to shine bright in a world, if we would be honest, can feel like it's getting dimmer each and every day. I want to encourage you that our dependence on Him in this season, and truth be told, in every single season, is so, so paramount. We might be facing challenge, We might be seeing the reality of our world being at war with itself. We may be living in and trying to come through a worldwide pandemic that's not even just threatening our physical health, but our mental health, the health of our communities, and really a time that is trying to divide us all. And I don't know about you, but everything that's going on and around us in the here and now is a great reminder that even through all of the challenge, Jesus is still our reliable source. He can still be our ongoing security, our strength, and our comfort. He is our eternal Savior, and He is the Lord above all. I believe when we carry this but God revelation for ourselves, we start to discover who He is, and we start to live out who He's called us to be. It's the but God revelation that enables you and I to be the much needed light our world needs right now. I believe this revelation that we need to take hold of will empower every single one of us to see miracles take place, to see salvations in our friends and family, to see unity where there is division. We're gonna believe to see freedom and breakthrough. We're gonna, I believe, see Him move in and through our neighborhoods, through our cities, through our church here at Life and the church across the world. But it's gonna take a collective yes, every single one of us saying yes to Him again, believing that as we say yes, He is gonna lead us to a place where we're gonna help people discover their own but God 
revelation. I believe when we say yes, we discover that even when the world says everything's shrinking down and you need to be quiet, God Himself is calling us to stand up. He's calling us to step out and to make a difference. In fact, be reminded as the book of Hebrews puts it in chapter 10, verse 39. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we belong to those who have faith and are saved. In church in 2022, we're making a decision. We're not shrinking back, but we are gonna commit to taking more and more ground. We're gonna commit to shining God's light into the darkness to all of those around us. You know, I believe we're gonna continue to see our current campuses strengthened and continue to start new life locals right across our nations. Why? So we can bring the gospel and the hope of the good news of Jesus to the people that need it most. I believe we're gonna continue this year to serve our community and let them know they have value and that as a church, we're here to meet their needs. And again, let us be reminded as Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 puts it, where Joseph speaks and says, hey, you intended to harm me. You know, there's plenty of people, there's plenty of things at the moment that are intended to harm us. But I want you to take heart the words of Joseph. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many many lives. You know, as we've already heard today, Dion, he faced addiction, but God brought freedom. Martian faced losing his son, but God healed. Eber faced financial instability, but God made a way. And Kylie faced significant health issues, but God rescued her. God is so faithful, and even when the ground shakes and when the waters rise, we know He is the firm foundation. It just seems like yesterday that we were having Vision Sunday in 2021. And yet this year I have a deep sense that 2022, we aren't called to focus on going back to the pre-COVID season and what we knew, but that we are to fully step into a brand new season. That our prayer and our longing should not be what we've seen, but we should be leaning forward to discover what is yet to be seen. I remember as a young boy reading through Ecclesiastes and I discovered a revelation in chapter three, verse one, where the Bible says to everything, there is a season and there is a time for every purpose under heaven. Literally that all of us face seasons where we fail to experience the fullness of God's plan and we sometimes begin to question God. But God works with every season and He teaches us that He'll use every season for His purposes. Because the writer of Ecclesiastes, Solomon doesn't stop there in verse 10. He says, I've seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. That God has made everything beautiful in its time. 
Not in my time, not in your time, but He's made everything beautiful in His time. That every season carries a purpose and God, I believe today is wanting to reset and reestablish His purpose in many of our own hearts. This year, without doubt, we know that God is calling us to a but God year, that we will become more dependent on the leading of the Holy Spirit than we ever have been before. That literally we are going to lean into who God is and how God operates. And obviously we are committed to everything we've been committed to. Some of the things we're underscoring this year is that we believe that we're going to equip people to be better disciples for Christ. That literally, as the Bible says, all of us that have a faith are here to lead people into a relationship with Jesus. If we're not helping people discover God, then what does our faith really mean? That Jesus lived on earth for people to discover that He was and is their answer. We're not just relying on programs, but we are gonna believe that all of us are gonna be come stirred with the mission of Christ for our lives. If you say, as often people say to me, as they meet me, find out what I do. Well, what's church all about? Said, well, you can discover what church is about. In one word, it's a place that we belong. Let me say it again, as we've shared through last year, that if you wanna understand how life operates, it's about belonging, it's about believing, it's about building. Literally belong is that our church is a place where everybody can call home. No matter what persuasion, no matter where we are in our human journey, you are invited to this place. Jesus embraced every human individual, no matter how many times they failed, no matter what their outlook on life was, He embraced people and life will be known as a church to call home. Not only is it a place to belong or what we are all about, it's also about we believe that we are to belong, but also to believe that all of us are called to make a choice to follow Jesus. That is not something we put on people, but we encourage people. Once they feel like they belong, we're saying, hey, you all, all of us get a choice to believe, to follow who Jesus is. And then as we make that choice, we're here to build. All of us are here to build. There's a commitment to live our lives on purpose, not just to arrive at church and put a tick in the box, but literally to make our lives count in building God's kingdom here on planet Earth. We've never backed off that. This environment will always encourage you not just to live for self because that will never provide you the fulfillment nor the answers you're looking for. But we belong, we believe and we build. You see this is a year that we're believing to see God do more than we've ever seen Him do before. And as we're connected today with Melbourne and Adelaide, we're excited about what God is doing there. And we know that your pastors are gonna be sharing with you upcoming vision that's particular and specific towards your campus. But one of the things in Melbourne we're all gonna be praying into is the Sim Street property. An incredible property that God has opened up. And yes, it's gonna take faith, but it always has. 
And we are supporting and believing in this miracle to take place. Of course, in Adelaide, you are in a currently rented building where we're believing God. God is gonna make a way where we can purchase that building. Put our stamp there in Adelaide with all that God is doing to move forward. Again, as you look at the community advancement here at Life, it's amazing to believe 10 years ago, we believed that in a calendar year, we could make 20 million worth of community impact only to see in last year for us to achieve 20.3 million worth of community impact. And it's not about the dollars, it's about the people that feel loved and cared for. As our Catch Crying community is, it's about help and hope for all people. And we do believe that we can make a difference both in social services and in education, bringing help and hope to all. We were reminded this week that even in our educational arm, we now have around 3,700 students that are being told they can make a difference. And by being equipped, they don't just need to receive what is needed in the now, but they can build towards a future and they can find value. Come on, let's give God a praise for that. The great news is we've just secured a two and a half acre property. I think we'll have it on the screen before us up in Whangarei, which is gonna become our latest acquisition for special needs people. We're 11 people are gonna find a home that's secure and will keep on going. A place where they can find value and feel valued and find an answer to a life that has been tough for them, but God. You see, everything in our lives requires a foundation. And I think the biggest thing that excites me this year is that God is calling us to lean in and to see a supernatural breakthrough for us to see God's power at work like we have never seen it before. And everything we're committing to do in 2022 is to make sure that we live in such a way that we discover ways to access the supernatural moving hand of God. We're looking at our services and we've already made a decision that we are going to rearrange our services throughout this year that Vision 2022 is not so much about huge, big goals, but it's about encounters. It's about you and I discovering how we can access the power and the wonder of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because once you experience the presence of the Holy Spirit, nothing else matters. No matter what you go through in every season, you are overcome by this incredible knowledge that God is with you. God is beginning to work and take you to new places and new levels. And so we're gonna change up our Sunday services. I'm looking forward to that. And I'm actually excited that we don't have a whole lot of goals this year, but our goal is the Holy Spirit's move. The power of God to take us to places that we've never seen before. I've been a Christian since I was five and I've encountered many times that you can't explain. As the Holy Spirit has moved, but I'm looking for more. And I thank God that God is using everything in my life right now to bring me to a deeper place. 
in him. And you might go, well, how do you encounter the supernatural? The supernatural is a person. The Holy Spirit wants us to encounter him so that he can unlock the power of Jesus. And really there are three things that as I was preparing myself came to mind. The first was this, is that there is a requirement for all of us once we discover who Jesus is, is to live in personal proximity. We can be in church, but be at distance to God. We can carry the label Christian, but not live in proximity God is drawing us as a church to live within His reach. And you say, well, He can reach anywhere. Yes, but He's looking for us to long to be in His presence. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 speaks of a woman and she had a flow of blood for 12 years. And I love this wording where the Bible says, and she came from behind and she touched the hem of His garment. For she said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just reach the hem of his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned around when he saw her and he says, be of good cheer for your faith, daughter, has made you well. I wonder how close you are to the hem. I wonder what's standing in the way. Is it the crowd of distraction? Is it the residue of failure? Is it the heart filled with disappointment and misunderstanding because you can't work it out? But as we read, there are seasons. And yet God works everything together. He makes it all beautiful in His time. For 12 years, she had been told there is no answer for you, but she made another decision that she would position herself personally in proximity. And she touched the hem. She said, but God has not finished yet. And I wanna encourage you today to reach out to God in a fresh way. Not only personal proximity, but there needs to be again activated faith. You can be a believer in the words of Jesus, but until you and I activate the the faith that we believe, nothing much changes. There was a widow in Luke 18 and she needed the judge to help her, but the judge says, I don't care about you. You have no assets. You can't pay me my fee and I won't do anything. But she made a decision that she'd throw stones and keep him awake until he responded. And finally, he said in himself, he says, I don't care about God and I don't care about people, but this widow woman has begun to trouble me. (laughs) No, I didn't say point at anyone. She troubles me because she's keeping me awake. She's making me weary because she keeps on coming. She keeps activating her faith when the prognosis is still there. She keeps activating her faith when others say it won't change. She keeps activating her faith when it seems impossible. Jesus in Luke 18 verse six said, hear what the unjust unjust judge said. Will God not 
avenge his own elect who cry out to him day and night. Though he bears long, though he seems to take too long, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Personal proximity activated faith. And as the team joined me, I think God is asking for alignment like we've never had before. A willing alignment. Not just I'll do if, if it fits God, but if God's asking us, we'll align. This church has been built on a simple word called yes. If God has asked us to do it, we've said yes. It hasn't always made sense. It has most often seemed impossible. But willing alignment is like Jesus who said, it's not my will, but it's yours. There needs to be a repositioning of who we are from our own wills to what the God wants. Moses was told to speak to the rock, but he struck the rock. And as a result of that, he never entered into the promise that God had for him. I reckon there are millions of Christians that will never see the promise of God in their lives. Why? Because they're not willing to align to what God is asking of them. He loves them. Love is not based on our response. It's based on who He is. But the supernatural needs alignment. God says, speak, you don't strike. God is never late and God is never early. God wants to bring the supernatural, but God's saying, I need you to do what I'm asking you to do. I'm not gonna make you do it. I look back over the course of the last 30 plus years, Marie and I, from the very beginning, it was impossible. Three little kids under five and God said, I'm gonna get a bit emotional. See, would you go to another country? Marie said, what, New Zealand? It was only months and we were packed up and we were here. We didn't even know what we were doing. It wasn't about trying to work it out. It was about yes. 30 years we've said yes. We haven't been perfect, but we've said yes. About four or five years ago, as a board, as an eldership, we started talking about the future of life. And I thank God for such a team. We're not just caught up in the now, we're looking forward. We felt like God saying, I've got a plan. We began to talk about and pray about this plan. This is four to five years ago. And he said, it's about transition. It's about moving forward into the next season. And so I think it was two years ago, we were praying about it as an eldership. And somebody says, I think we, we know, or I, I feel like we know who the next leader of life is. And I said, well, who's that? You were trying to get rid of me? And they said, well, we believe it's Luke. And I go, well, I've always felt that Marie's always felt there's something special, but we've always said to Luke, that doesn't mean anything. You, God still is looking to see if you're prepared. In fact, while I'm talking, why don't Marie and Luke and Missy and the eldership come and join me? Because this has been a collective decision and something that we've made. And I'm talking about 
seeing the supernatural about proximity, about activating our faith and being aligned. And so two years ago, we came to a point because everybody was in agreement that Luke, obviously with Missy alongside him, would take the church when it was right. And we started praying about that and thinking, what are you crying for, honey? She said, because I cried. I'm sure Nadia is crying right now too. <laughs> and so we made that decision that at the start of this year, sometimes we'd make that call. To be honest, I felt, Maurice felt, I reckon I've got at least 10 or 15 years still in the tank. Maybe more. But I want you to hear this. See, I think the church hasn't transitioned well globally. I think people hang on too long. I think sometimes, unfortunately, leadership find their value wrapped in their position. We're surely, if it's about willing alignment, it's doing what the Father wants. I don't think we should transition when the leader's ready, I think we should transition when the next leader's ready. And so we made that decision two years ago that had nothing to do with my health. Still doesn't. Because I'm believing for a complete, total, head to toe. And as we prayed about it, as we talked about it, Marie and I, you know, we discovered that actually you can make transition easy if you can see the next season. And the next season is for us to stay at life. But listen, to stay at life, but to have a global fathering, mothering role for the body of Christ. To be here as a teaching pastor, to be used in any wisdom that's needed, but we are going to be relinquishing the leadership because if you hang on to the leadership, you're not making transition. And so we're here to announce, and I'm gonna ask Earl to speak to it from a board's perspective, that all of us have been in agreement with this. It's got nothing to do with family. It's all to do with, is this what God wants? And if He wants, whether we feel ready or not, we're aligning. Is it easy? Not always. Is it right? Yes. And I believe if all of us were to align, we'd see a breakthrough in the supernatural. Amen. So it's, and I think Luke and Missy are the most wonderful team. They have different gift sets. Missy's role here at Life, she is now looking after the worship and over the creative arts. And it's a big role and already she's causing it to really begin to flourish in that area. And together, they're gonna lead us into that next season. So we believe in you. Come on, let's welcome Earl as he shares what he wants to share. Uh, as Pastor Paul said, my name is Earl Gasperich. My family and I have been part of life for about 23 years. I'm on the trust board and I've been honoured to be part of that for about the last 15 uh, 15 or 17 years. Um, it's a real honour to serve this house. Um, I really just really wanted to back up what Pastor Paul just, has just said about the process and the fact that the board and the eldership of life uh, have been fully involved through this 
uh, entire time. As Pastor Paul said, it was some time ago we started talking about the, the who, uh, who would take on the leadership of life at that time, um, and then the when. And I think what became very, on, very obvious to us, uh, as Pastor Paul said just a few years ago, that Luke and Missy were absolutely God's appointed leaders for this church going into this new season. But at that time, we didn't know the when. And, but we settled uh, as we prayed it through that God would fully show us when that when was. Uh, and you know, as Pastor Paul just shared, we believe now is the appropriate time. It is not about Pastor Paul's health. This is about the right time for this church as we come out of the COVID season and we go forward. So I just really wanted to give everyone that assurance. You know, we fully believe in Luke and Missy. Uh, we fully know that God is on this. It's a God appointment and they are the right couple. Uh, to be leading us. Um, obviously a crucial element to this whole process is when you've got leaders who have been, you know, have led the church for 30 years, who have the most genuine uh, faithfulness and obedience as Pastor Paul and Marie have, how do you honour something like that? And it is, it's been really challenging for us as a board. You know, we have spent uh, a long time, uh, Paul Snow, our general manager and I have spent many years actually going through a process of you know, how do we transition, how do we make this transition work from a practical perspective? So as Pastor Paul said, they will take on a title of founding pastors. Uh, Luke and Missy will be our senior pastors. And as founding pastors, they have a new role in the church. That role is clearly defined. Uh, we've sorted out their remuneration and all those practical aspects. And we've sought a lot of wisdom uh, from overseas uh, pastors uh, and experts, the likes of Joel Holm, who's been involved in our church for some time, to get that Right, and obviously we've been talking that through with Pastor Paul and Marie for some time. So please be assured we have fully honoured them from that perspective. Uh, but it's also appropriate, I think, for today to honour them as well. So we have a small token of appreciation for them just to mark today. There's a lot more to come, believe me. <laughs> but well done, thank you. We've got, um, we've got coming up on the 12th of June, we are going to celebrate uh, our church birthday, our 30th birthday. And at that same time, Pastor Paul and Marie's 40 years in full-time ministry. So we will have another big party and a big time to honour them at that point with some pretty special stuff planned, obviously, for that point at that time. So as I said, it's been a long, well-thought-through process. The board and eldership uh, are fully supportive of this. It's not just the founding pastors passing on to their son. It's, a, it's been a very, very deliberate process. And we really wanted to make it uh, an example of excellent transition. You know, excellence is one of our values. And as I said, we believe this will be a model going forward, as Pastor Paul said, that transition takes place at the right time uh, through a well thought through process. Uh, but God very much had His hand on the when. Um, and as I say, that's become very obvious now. So let's stand, if we're all standing, if you're in a local or online, reach your hand out. We're gonna pray for Pastor Paul and Marie right now. 
God, I just really thank You for this incredible couple, Lord. I thank You, Father, for their faithfulness and their obedience over many, many years, Lord. I thank You, Father, that You've given them the vision and the strength to lead this church, this house from inception 30 years ago, Lord, to this place of abundance where we are now. Lord, I thank You for that, Father. And Lord, I pray as they go into this next season, Lord, You will strengthen them. You'll give them supernatural strength Father, to move into this next season, Lord. And Father, right now we just pray for Pastor Paul in particular. Father, we pray for his complete and utter healing. Come on, church. As a church, we stand together and we speak against this cancer. We curse it and we pray that it will go in the Name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for Pastor Paul's vision, for his thyroid. Lord, we pray for a complete and utter healing, Lord. I pray, Father, as they go ahead, Lord, they will see fresh strength they will have fresh vision in this new season. We thank You again for these incredible, incredible vessels that You have chosen, Lord, and they have been obedient, Lord. We pray that You will bless them as we go ahead in Jesus' Name. I just wanna take um, this opportunity publicly, um, first first to honour Paul for um, being my senior pastor. (laughs) and just for the integrity of who he is and how he's led the church. Um, Also want to take this opportunity to honour Luke and Melissa for your servant leadership, not just um, for Dad and I, but for Paul and I as your senior pastors, how you have humbly um, served us. And now it's our turn to humbly serve you as you become the senior pastors and us the founding pastors. But I just wanna say how well done, good and faithful servants. You've been amazing. You've at the detriment of um, your own Ways at times, I guess, knowing that you know you are, you've got the leadership gift on your life, but you've you've laid that down, and you've done an amazing job. So I just want to say, well done. There is a scripture I was just going to quickly read. I've been told I'm not allowed to take a lot of time, but this scripture is just short. It said, generation after generation will declare more of your greatness and declare more of your glory from Psalm 145.4. And I believe that's what's gonna happen. There's more, so much more ahead. And you're not filling anyone's shoes. You've got your own shoes, your own your own call. And God has got more in Jesus' name. So we're gonna pray. Father, I thank You for this amazing couple. God, I thank You that You saw this day and had purposed and planned this time before we did, God. And I thank You, You've gone ahead of them. God, that You've equipped them, that they have everything they need in You, God, to fulfil the purposes and plans that You have for us as a church, God, and the future generations that are gonna follow. So God, I thank You for them. I thank You for the anointing. Lord, I thank You for Your Spirit that is surrounding them, in them, and will move through them. In Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.